Hello everyone, my name is Uwais Asmal. Welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than just climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube and we'll be uh, the podcast will be available by tomorrow. If you are joining us live, please drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves and drop a two in the comments if you're catching the recording. My guest for this week is Usha Maharaj, chartered accountant, entrepreneur, executive and leadership development coach, and a non-executive director at the trade and investment Kwazulu Natal. Usha, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, always. So excited to be here with uh, on uh, with uh, with you on two ways to skin a cat. But like we coined it earlier, two ways to skin a cat. <laughs> <laughs> to jump straight into questions. Let tell us your story. Where do you come from? And maybe outside of work, who is Usha Maharaj? So I'm from Pietermaritzburg, born in Pietermaritzburg, because uh, if you ask me, did I move to Pietermaritzburg? No, I didn't. Born in Pietermaritzburg, because who moves to Pietermaritzburg? If you're born here or you're married here, and, and that's usually why you end up in Pietermaritzburg, love it, would never leave for anything. Have um, uh, grew up in Pietermaritzburg, became a chartered accountant. So I went to university, studied, became a chartered accountant, joined KPMG, my first and last job ever and stayed there for 16 years where I went from training accountant to director. And uh, uh, the on the personal side, married, I have two children, a boy and a girl, 16 years old and actually 17 years old and 15. So 17 and 15, I always forget the ages because they're growing like so rapidly. Um, yeah, that, and that that's who I am always. I'm looking to going to be going to varsity soon. Okay, that, 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 that tells us exactly where you are. Okay, no, that's great. <laughs> And I mean, you like you mentioned, you were director at, at KPMG. For 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 the young professionals out there who have that as their goal, what advice do you have for them? So becoming a director in an audit firm specifically, because that's the path that I followed, uh, it's really extremely challenging. And I think that when you're in your career and you're the run up to director and you make that decision and you say, I'm here for the long haul, this is what I want. Uh, and when I made that decision for myself, I said, this is what I want and nothing is going to stop me. It means putting in the extra hours. It means stretching yourself out of your comfort zone. It means networking and connecting and growing your network and doing the things that you might not ordinarily do. It means staying on top of your game from a technical perspective. So you've got to be proficient. You've got to show your worth and your value. You've got to be stretching yourself. You've got to be engaging with teams, connecting with people within the office, connecting with people outside of the office. So you really are just pushing yourself uh, in, in every sort of sphere while uh, also growing yourself personally. So stretching yourself from a personal development perspective, uh, really trying to, to get the best out of yourself. So when you're contributing at a leadership level, you're contributing as a valuable leader and you get earmarked and spotted and picked uh, to be fast-tracked into those positions. You're almost very far away from the audit work at that point in time. You have to pick up a whole lot of other skills if I'm correct. Exactly. So the technical is taken for granted. The audit skills, you've got to stay on top of your game from the technical perspective. It is developing from a leadership and a personal development perspective that really then just allows you to shine uh, shine uh, amongst your peers. You've got to stand out. You've got to be the one that is almost like the chosen one. There's a, a ray of light shining down on you. And what is going to cause that ray of light? It is how you're developing yourself from a leadership and personal development perspective. Okay. 
I suppose a lot of people out there would think, okay, director of a big four audit firm, that's the pinnacle of a lot of people's careers. But you've done so much since then. So what made you what made you decide to move on? Um, so even for me, when I became director, I thought pinnacle of my career. And I at the at that point in time, I didn't realize just the type of person that I was. Throughout my career, I had jumped to various different experiences within the firm. So different business units worked in different areas of the business. And then when I became a director, I continued to do that. So I uh, eventually ended up being a, a director heading up uh, people or HR director for, for the region. So I, I dabbled in a variety of experiences uh, in the firm, and that is who I am. I am that person who cannot be doing the same thing for an extended period of time. I need to go in, if there's a problem, solve the problem, fix the problem, uh, create the solutions, and once everything's working the way I, I want it to work or it looks the way, I just cannot keep doing it over and over again. I need a new challenge. I need to pick up something new. And for me, I felt like I'd reached my cap. There was no further growth for me. I, the structures didn't fit me. It didn't suit me. I needed to just get out there and, and figure out what my next was and then start doing something else that was new and exciting and challenging uh, that would just stretch and grow me. And that is how I ended up outside of the firm uh, doing what I do today. You mentioned something quite interesting then. And I think it was probably, uh, of benefit to you that you were in a big company so you could move around within the company and do different roles so somebody in a smaller company maybe not have that opportunity and the only way they can move is to actually leave the business and move to, to somewhere else so there, there's one of the perks of being in a, i suppose a bigger organization uh, it definitely served me well. It allowed me that opportunity. But even if you're in a smaller firm, I mean, you could then say, I, I'd like to, to, to get experience from a tax perspective. There's always opportunity and scope to be able to say, I want to do something else. And even in a small firm, look for the opportunities. Because if you're that type of person, you might say, well, I've, I've seen consulting services working a certain way. Uh, I want to advance my skills in this area. And I want to help bring this or introduce this new service line in the business. So you can certainly still do it. Uh, if that's that's what drives you and fires you up, then don't look at the size of the firm and think you can't do it. Find a way to make it happen uh, so that you can uh, fulfill your desires, but then you're also serving the, the firm in, in the long run as well. Oh, that's great advice. So, I mean, I looked a little bit at your, at, your, at your LinkedIn profile and one thing stood out for me was this title, Financial Business Partner. It seems quite prevalent overseas, but not so much in South Africa. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, so really, if we look at what is it that I do now, I always focus on what I do now so as not to uh, confuse anybody. And maybe I need to go back and update my LinkedIn profile. Uh, so for me, I and like I said, always, I always shift gears and I'm always looking to, to move and challenge myself differently and grow and then and I keep focusing on something else and something new. And my focus and energy now and where all of my passion is going and the drive and the commitment is uh, specifically around uh, leadership development, uh, coaching, training, and mentoring. And I work specifically with your, your professionals in, corp in corporates or in the workspace, so your employed professionals, helping them to, to really just crush any of the barriers and challenges that hold them back because i feel that i really i had lots of challenges and barriers uh coming into the firm and i made it to to a director position 
And I can see anyone who wants, who has the drive and the commitment to make it happen, I can see them making it happen. So my goal is to help them to overcome those blocks and the barriers, really get them fired up and pushing towards career next. And that's where I spend uh, most of my time these days, doing exactly that always. Okay, no, that's great. And to remind if you've got any questions for Usha, please add them to the comments and we'll ask all the questions towards the end. I noticed also that, that you're quite involved in uh, Business Women's Association of South Africa. Is that mainly open to female entrepreneurs or is it to, to females in the corporate world as well? And also, what is the benefit to any one of them to joining? Uh, Business Women's Association, like the name suggests, is for business women and uh, the, 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 the Business Women's Association that I had done some work with was the KZN chapter. And what I had done for them was almost on an annual basis, they would host host this massive event for students, uh, well, uh, female students, really just to inspire them and motivate them to aim higher, uh, to aim higher, to overcome the challenges that teenagers experience, and to really inspire them to go to university, just to further their studies, and then to enter the workforce. And what I had done at those events, it was for three years or so in a row, was to to get up on stage and to to talk to them and then to just really fire them up and ignite a passion to furthering themselves to growing themselves to educating themselves and to not succumbing to the derailers that teenagers office often face before entering uh going on to further studies or going into the workplace okay no that's great you 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 talked about uh executive and leadership coaching you mentioned it briefly, but I just want to, uh, to, to, to jump back to it. Who's your target audience and who, and who do you think needs it the most? My, uh, my target audience, so the, the audience that, that I really connect the easiest with, the best with, are your mid-career professionals. So they're, they're young professionals that are just, they're so hungry to get stuff done, to, to succeed in their careers but they don't know how to overcome the blocks and the challenges they're experiencing from a leadership and a personal development perspective. In the workplace, we get the technical training. Uh, and then we try and learn from what we witness around us, what we're seeing around us from a leadership perspective. And in many instances, the examples that are around us are not the perfect examples. They're not the examples that are going to help us to become well-balanced individuals that are growing in our leadership skills. So there's a huge gap from a leadership skills perspective to take them to the next level. There's a massive gap from a personal development perspective, sitting down and asking myself, where am I going? How am I going to get there? Introspecting on what are my strengths? How can I utilize my strengths to get the most of my out of my life? Uh, really a huge gap in understanding the value that you contribute to any sort of environment. And then making sure that you're always looking to grow that value and that impact. And uh, and huge gaps in terms of personal confidence and uh, commitments to, to just getting out of the box, out of the comfort zone how do i do it and then just making it happen so it's mid uh, mid-career professionals and then the my favorite within the mid-career professionals is working with women and um always you you're probably gonna ask me this later someone asked it now when i stepped out of corporate and um I was, I was going through and working with mentors and coaches to help me to refine what it is that I wanted to do because I left corporate without the clarity that I should have had before leaving corporate. 
I just knew that I wanted to pursue something bigger and make a bigger impact and a difference, but I hadn't articulated what that difference would be. And I'd worked with mentors and coaches and they constantly came back and said, Usha, you need to work with women. You need to really go back. And, and that is the thing that you've got to do is work with women. And I always said, but women don't need my help. I mean, I came through the ranks. I reached the position of director. I didn't need anybody holding my hand. I did it. Why do you always think that women need help? And uh, I had to come to grips with that because I didn't believe that women need help. And I still don't believe that they need help in the, in the way that a lot of people describe that help. I think that I work with women because all I want to do is put a mirror in front of them and show them how exceptional they are, how talented they are, the value that they're already contributing. And really it's, it's about putting that mirror up in front of them and showing it to them because often they haven't stopped to look in the mirror. And when they do that, they realize it. And then you find that they're just soaring in their careers. They're taking up challenges and risks that they wouldn't ordinarily do. And so the gap that I do fill now is working with women, uh, professional women, corporate women, uh, women employed uh, women, to help them to, to really just put a mirror in front of them and show them what they're worth, the value that they're adding so that they can start soaring in their leadership goals and their career aspirations. Because the end game is we've got too many men taking up the seats around the boardroom table. How do we shift that? We shift that by helping women believe and in their own potential and seeing that they're capable of it and then filling in the gaps where there are challenges, helping them to overcome those challenges, showing them the how really making it simple and practical, showing them the how, and then helping them to overcome the challenges so that they too can take a seat around that boardroom table. So we're, it's all about balancing uh, balancing the, the scales at leadership, but we start by working with our mid-career professionals. Thank you for, on, for answering my question from, uh, from, from later on. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to comment on what you mentioned earlier about uh, mid-career professionals. I find there's a lot of uh, professionals who think it's the business's job to get me to my next level. They don't seem to realize that it's their responsibility. Yes, like if you're doing articles, most people are interested in getting you, but after that, it's your responsibility. If you want to grow, it's up to you. So you have to take responsibility for your growth. I think that's very important. Uh, on that, I couldn't agree more. And my, my favorites, my utmost favorites are the ones that come to me and say, Usha, I want to do your program, but I'm going to have to pay out of my own pocket. I've had clients who have worked with me who've not only paid out of their own pocket, but who have also taken leave to attend the, the executive coaching programs that I had run. So really investing in their own self-development. And at the end of it, they can see tangible results, tangible transformation in their thinking, their mindset, and they're able to then pay back that investment eh, 10 times over, 100 times over. But it's really understanding that it is nobody's responsibility but your own. Uh, don't wait for the organization to do it for you. If you want to achieve goals in your life, then just get out there and make it happen for yourself. It is your life, not your employer's life. 100%. I'm, I'm one of those people who's also paying for my own coaching out of my own pocket because I see the value to myself. Exactly. So, <laughs> so proving your point a little bit, but yes, that's great. Then, well, again on your profile, also mentions that um, you are a public speaker. Were you always a public speaker or is that something you developed at a later stage? And I if still, you did develop it at a later stage, how did you do that? 
I am still up until this day trying to convince my husband that I am in, an introverted personality because that is what <laughs> I am. I can remember back in school ways I would have the piece of paper, you know, you're doing the oral in the front of the classroom and this paper is quivering in front of me. It was awful. It was my biggest, biggest fear. And when I entered corporate, uh, I can remember being the manager who would sit around the table and I would always volunteer to take the minutes because I was so terrified that if I wasn't taking the minutes, I would need to contribute to the discussion. Absolutely terrified of it. And it, it, it took a while before that changed. And as I climbed the corporate ladder, I grew in confidence. I had to really push myself out of the comfort zone until one day I became um, HR director for the region. And they said, you need to present to 200 employees and you need to talk about the strategy. You need to drive employee engagement. And uh, then there was no turning back. It's no longer just sitting in a meeting and being scared uh, about speaking up and then forcing yourself to speak up. Now you're standing up in front of 200 people that would either be fast asleep at the end of it or completely engaged because that's your job. It's to engage them, to ignite them, to inspire them. And um, walking into, into that room, the, the one thing that really pushed me just into a very different uh, space was asking myself, what would Oprah do? I used to watch Oprah and she would be like all her. like, you know, like, oh, and she'd, she'd come in all huge and larger than life. And I did exactly that. I walked in, made big noises, big gestures, and, uh, and it worked. And after I had completed and nobody was asleep, they actually enjoyed it and they clapped, I realized that I actually enjoyed this. And it's often that we have to push past the fear to find something that we really enjoy. And since then, I've stood up on stages in front of hundreds of people. I have got uh, crowds like we were talking about the PWA event where there would be 800 students in the room and I'd have them all standing and dancing and, and shouting and chanting. And, and I did all of that on stage. Someone who at school and for years thereafter was afraid to even stand up and, and do an oral. And it's really about embracing your fears, just pushing past it, and then you're going to find a zone that you would never have stepped into had you not pushed past the fear. Uh, so no, I was not always a speaker. Now I can do it, uh, but it terrified me beyond fear. <laughs> anything, uh, the thought of standing up in front of a crowd. I guess you had no place to hide. I don't think I would have started in front of 200 people. <laughs> I would have started smaller, but I, I, to be honest with you, I, I was also not, 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 a, not a public speaker at all. This came with, let's try something, let's try, let's, let's be willing to fail, let's be willing to, to make mistakes. And, that, and that's how we got here. So uh, don't, for, for anyone out there, don't be afraid of, of making mistakes. You'd be surprised how much you learn. Then let's just see what's, What's one piece of advice you would give your younger self? I would tell my younger self that I needed to take better care of me. So in my corporate uh, chase to becoming a director, I set a goal that I want to be a director. And that became almost my one check goal. And uh, in that chase, I really did not honor the rest of me. I did not bring balance into my life. I almost had blinkers on. So it was family because family has always been important to me, but I put structures in place to make sure that the kids were taken care of. Uh, my husband was fine, that when I come home, uh, there would be food on the table at a certain time. So there were structures in place to get all of that done. But I had neglected uh, really truly being present for them and being present for myself. 
So the advice I would give myself is, yes, still aim high. I would never change that. I would always aim high. So that is a non-negotiable. However, I would tell myself that I was more important than the company. I put the company first. I almost thought that I had blue blood running through my veins. That's just how, to the, the extent to which I had put the company first. The company should never be first. We should always be first. So that is the, the one thing I would tell myself as a non-negotiable, but certainly you chase uh, chase your big goals. Nothing should ever stop you. No, 100% I can't agree more. Your mental and physical health is more important than any job. Doesn't matter which job. I'm gonna see if there's any, it doesn't look like there's any questions coming through. You just got a comment from, from Dion, who says that you were his mentor at KPMG. Uh, so, so it's great to uh, listen Dion to you. Dion was phenomenal. I remember him so well, Peter Maritzburg office. <laughs> uh, that's excellent. Thank you, Dion. And um, so any last few words from you, anything that we didn't discuss that you, you think is important for the, the, the audience or any passion projects that you, you currently busy with? Passion project. So let me tell you about my passion project. I have decided a couple of months ago that, well, I've always wanted to do this, but I just didn't know how. That I want to work with mid-career professionals, young professionals who can't afford the normal coaching fee. Coaching is expensive. Uh, there's just no two ways around it, which is why I do a lot of group work to make it more affordable and accessible. And I've created something called the Hello Boss Academy. And it's Hello Boss because boss is just really telling you that you need to be in charge of your own life. Like we've been talking about uh, since we started this conversation is you need to take ownership of your life. You need to be the boss of your own life. So it's Hello Boss Academy where we have monthly mentorship meetings and we talk about a theme of the month. So we look at what are the common derailers that would stop you from getting to your peak, performing uh, at, your, at your highest level, being truly productive, and those would be a theme for the month. And then we have a mentorship meeting where we discuss it. And anyone in the academy would then get access to training content in that month related to the theme. So Teleboss Academy uh, priced brilliantly so that it's really affordable for anybody to join. And you can uh, find that through my website, which is ushamaharaj.com. Um, so that is my passion project. And uh, I know you're on Clubhouse always, so I'll do a quick Clubhouse shout out. So I was on a Clubhouse session. It was a Sunday morning and I was and, and there would be salespeople from around the world and they were giving advice. And I said, you know what? This is what I want to do. It's a really low cost initiative. It's going to take me a lot of time every month to put out there. And uh, but I really want to do it because my heart is going out to the people who need it most. And they said, Usha, don't do it. It's going to take too much of time, too much of energy, and you're going to make no money from it. And um, always they were right. <laughs> it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy. But they told me that and I did it anyway, because it is just aligned to who I am. If I feel like I want to make a difference, I want to make a contribution, I will do it despite what uh, anybody tells me. So I fight against it. I'm a little bit stubborn that way. And it's not about the, the money at the end of the day. It's about the difference that we can make, the impact that we can make, and uh, the contribution that we can add. Uh, so definitely Hello Boss Academy is my passion project. It's what I'm working on currently. And um, yeah, so that's what I want to share with you and all of our listeners today. You never know. You'll never know until you try. So it's important <laughs> to try. I fully agree with it. And just in, in summary from, um, and we normally end the show with, with what's happening next and, and things like that. And I've mentioned it the last two times on, on our show, but uh, it's important for people to pay attention to what's happening in the rest of the world in terms of uh, human rights violations and, 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 the, and the, the, the impacts of colonialism that still affects us to this day. As young professionals, we talk about business and uh, we do talk about business and career growth, but we need to be aware of the different injustices happening 
all around the world, and we should try to make a difference, even in our small way. It's our responsibility to be aware of these things because we are going to become a senior and we are going to inherit the world from the people who are making these decisions. And do you want to continue in the same path or do you want to make a change? Usha, thank you so much for your time. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you, Uwais. This was such a lot of fun. It was wonderful talking to you and I appreciate it. Thanks so much. And thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Goodbye.